Hello and welcome back to The Social Disease. I'm Jasper. And I'm Bridget. And we are at the beginning of the end. Ugh, don't say that. <laughs> this is our last season's question mark. <laughs> yeah, this is crazy because I'm sure we've mentioned it before, but Jasper and I, you know, Jasper really came up with the idea during quarantine of like COVID, you know, so our first episode, I think, came out in like the beginning of May 2020. And now we're in October of 2022, wrapping up all of Degrassi. Like, this is insane. It's crazy how time flies. Yes. And we still need to discuss it, but there is still more Degrassi after this. Of course there is. We, there can never, you know, not be enough Degrassi. The only issue is this reboot that was supposed to come out in like March. And, you know, there's crickets on that. Would have saved our careers here. So got to hurry up with that one. But we've still got some YouTube Degrassi we can dabble in. Yeah, all, all of 80s Degrassi. And if really necessary, the kids of Degrassi Street. I think we could also hit up some shorts, talk about some of those. Oh, for sure, for sure. So we've still got a lot of content we can make it through, but our plan, our goal is to be finished with this Degrassi by the end of this year. Yeah, I guess like the the general popular consensus of what Degrassi is, which is the next generation plus next class. So the ones that most of us all grew up with, unless you're like 40 or 50 <laughs> and you grew up with 80s Degrassi. <laughs> Right, exactly. But yeah, so we're going to be starting next class, seasons three and four. We did decide to combine them just because it makes the most sense. Most of the arcs flow into each other for both seasons, the same as one and two did. And we're going to be starting with Zoe, Rasha, and Goldie. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about this group because I feel like my first go through with season three and four and the introduction of like, I mean, we like didn't really get a lot of Goldie before this. So now she's definitely more of a main character. She's having her own plots, but Rasha being brand new. I love her. Yes. She's so fun. I don't think I like realized, I think I was so stuck on Zoe being the worst the first time I watched this through that. Like I didn't appreciate Rasha for like who she was. And like this time around, I really like her as a character. I think that she would have been so entertaining to watch on her own. Yes. A hundred percent. She has such personality and great actress. Oh yes. What, what's her name? Dahlia. What's her last name? Oh my god. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, take a look up. I know, I honestly don't know any of these actresses or actors' names. I feel like when they show them the title sequence, I'm like, I don't know who anyone is. Oh, it's Dahlia Yagavian. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Yeah, she's incredible. Her her first trivia note on the Degrassi wiki is that she is a Gemini. <laughs> wow. Rough, but okay. I respect it. Geminis. Geminis are like known to be the worst, but she's not. <laughs> so. No. Well, I don't think, well, Rasha could be a Gemini, I guess, but we don't know. No, we definitely don't know. But I'm excited to talk about all of that, honestly. Do you want to get into it? Yeah. So let's get started with Goldie because even though she does have more things than she did in one and two, she still doesn't have that much. So Yeah, let, let's do that. And then we'll save Zoe and Rasha for last. Yes. Sounds good. 
Okay, so for Goldie, Rasha is living with Goldie. Rasha is a Syrian refugee. And Goldie wants to kind of help Rasha make some friends at Degrassi since she's new and such. So she invites Zoe and Winston over to her place to hang out. But things get a little bit awkward when like Winston goes in for a high five with Goldie and Goldie is like, uh, no, I can't touch boys. The Quran doesn't let me talk to boys. So they kind of have a little discussion about that. And then the, the conversation turns to gay people. And then Goldie is like, yeah, the Quran kind of says that gay people are sinners and they're going to hell. So, so this kind of pisses Rasha off and kind of alienates Zoe as well. So the next day, Rasha goes to the kitchen and she's not wearing her hijab for the first time since getting to Degrassi. So Rasha and Goldie kind of clash over that a little bit. Rasha kind of feels that Goldie is making her feel like a bad Muslim. And then Goldie's brother, Baz, points out that their parents don't force Goldie to wear to wear the hijab. It's Goldie's decision. So because of this whole conversation, Goldie attempts to not wear her hijab for the day. So she takes it off in the school bathroom and starts to walk down the hall. But pretty immediately, she is super uncomfortable with people seeing her without her hijab and she rushes back and puts it back on. So because of this whole situation, she ends up apologizing to Rasha and they talk about how even though they're both Muslims, they both view their religion pretty differently with Rasha being a bit more liberal. Apparently before the whole like terrorist regime in Syria, Rasha was able to like hang out with boys and wear bikinis and stuff, so which is unheard of for Goldie. So yeah, Rasha and Goldie kind of make up after this situation. Throughout the rest of Next Class Season 3, Goldie's kind of low-key homophobia is kind of a general theme going on. And towards the end of the season, when Zoe gets kicked out of her home, which we'll talk about later, Rasha kind of goes up to Goldie and is like, Zoe got kicked out because we were together. They were hiding the fact that they were together from Goldie. So this kind of causes Goldie to reevaluate how she feels about gay people in general, because she sees like the bad things that homophobia can lead to now that Zoe <laughs> is not living with her mom. So she kind of makes it up to both of them by helping Zoe apologize to Rasha for the whole situation that again, we'll talk about later. And Zoe and Rasha get back together with Goldie's help. Going into season four, Winston and Goldie are pretty much the entirety of the prom committee, and there are lots of flirty vibes between them. So Zoe and Rasha are kind of teasing Goldie that like, oh, you and Winston are going to be a thing. And Goldie's like, oh, we're just friends. But then she gets an oomph chat from Winston, which is a dick pic. <laughs> so Goldie is terrified, and she considers quitting the prom committee because of this until she realizes that Winston sending a dick pic to her unsolicited is sexual harassment. So she confronts him about it and <laughs> Winston is horrified because he didn't realize that he sent that picture <laughs> to Goldie because he apparently has a game with Miles that they send their dick pics to each other for fun. <laughs> and he just accidentally sent it to Goldie because she is on his frequently contacted list. So Winston apologizes for the whole thing and Goldie forgives him and they continue to work on prom together. Soon after that, they are doing like a prom tasting thing, but she is not allowed to be alone with the boy. So she invites Zoe and Rasha to go to this tasting thing with her. And then Zoe and Rasha 
end up leaving for whatever reason. And Goldie at first is a little unsure about whether to stay with him, but she does decide to stay with Winston because she does in fact like him. So they kind of admit their feelings for each other, but Goldie is worried that her parents will find out. And at the same exact time, the terrorist attack in Belgium happens. So they are unable to catch an Uber home. So they start to walk home together. And Goldie, unfortunately, gets attacked by some racist person on the way home, where he pulls off her hijab, calling her a terrorist, saying, like, why did you attack Belgium? And so she runs home. Winston, like, doesn't really help her in the situation. So Goldie runs home to her dad, crying. It's like, oh, I was alone with a boy and I got attacked. I'm so sorry. So ultimately, she ends up pulling out of the prom with Winston, saying that, like, oh, I can't hang out with you anymore, things like that. And she decides to make a Muslim student association to help all the Muslim students at Degrassi feel welcome. And that's pretty much the last we actually see from Goldie's perspective. Towards the end of the season, we just check in with her and Winston one or two more times, where we see that Goldie loves the, the prom that Winston planned. And we ultimately find out that she and Winston are going to Banting together. So they graduate and go to college together. That's it for them. <laughs> well done. Okay. So they kind of introduced Goldie this season with the her being like super religious. And do we want to start with just like Goldie and Rosh's friendship or just like them in general? Yeah, let's go with that. Okay. So I, I don't know. I really liked their friendship. I know that they were like put together because like her family took in Rasha, but the fact that Goldie was like, so like wanted her to feel like so welcomed and like comfortable and all this stuff. Like I liked it. I don't know. I, I don't think they've done really, the only other time I can think of them doing something similar, what like similar is like a very not a great term for this but is when like Dallas came and lived with Drew and like I think some of those are my favorite types of like friendships the ones where they like live together so I was kind of excited to see like where this would go but then it kind of went into the like homophobia thing but yeah we'll get there (laughs) (laughs) well but just with the whole Rasha and Goldie practice Islam differently Like, I was pretty impressed with that episode because it was really something I had never seen portrayed before. Oh, yeah, for sure. A lot of my understanding of what happened in Syria is based on, I had read the book, I Am Malala. I don't know if you've heard, do you know Malala? Yeah, of course. Yeah, so that's where, like, I kind of have, like, some information on it. And I think the fact that Goldie is from Canada and grew up Muslim in Canada, right? And then Rasha is from Syria, but experienced like not having a choice of like whether or not she could wear the job or like not having that freedom once ISIS came in. And like Goldie has had the freedom and like chooses to wear the hijab. It's just so interesting to see that. And I feel like it was, it was very well done. Like, especially that it's two Muslim women and Muslim teenagers even like talking about what being Muslim means to themselves Mm -hmm. when in Western culture, like how often are Muslim people even portrayed positively (laughs) in Western media? So the fact that it's two Muslim women talking about what it means to be Muslim and both ways being 
shown as being a good way to do it. It's just a personal choice. I thought that was like an awesome episode. I was super impressed with the whole thing. I was like, wow, I, I learned a lot from that episode as a white man. So, Oh, for sure. And I think in my school district specifically, we actually have like a very big Syrian refugee population. And I have like experience working with some of the students and I have some students who aren't refugees or whatever, but they're still, you know, practicing Muslims. And it's almost like watching their high school experience is so similar to how Degrassi portrayed it. Like I had one student, similar thing with the hijab where she, she's like, honestly, I would wear like a burqa, but I would just feel like I would stand out more, you know, like this is my choice and like all this stuff. So I think Degrassi really is touching upon something that like is actually accurate, is actually what's going on. And it might not have been as much maybe when it came out, but it's definitely still going on to this day. And I think that they did a pretty solid job. Yeah. And like the the scene where Goldie tries to walk down the hallway without her hijab, I thought that was a really powerful scene too. Her actress, Soma Bhatia, did a fantastic job in that scene. So props to her. Absolutely. I felt like you could see like all the emotion in her face. Like she's also an amazing actress and she does an awesome job just overall. Yes, for sure. And that episode also gave me kind of Becky vibes a little bit. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you brought her up because honestly, I was going to bring her up when we talked about like the homophobia stuff. Oh yes. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, I think that a lot of this is kind of not exactly similar, but Becky did go on the same journey with religion and like accepting and not accepting. And, you know, is there a difference between like loving the sinner, not the sin and, or whatever, you know, as Raja said later on in the season, but it's just a different religion this time yes. around. Yeah. So it's similar kinds of struggles where like both Goldie and Becky kind of have a little crisis of faith here and there. Mm-hmm. Becky definitely has it harder than Goldie I think but they both end up being like okay I might redefine what my religion means to me but I'm still going to stick to my religious beliefs compared to like someone like Darcy or Claire where they just kind of throw their religion out yes yeah I think that it's important to have kind of both points of view ones where it's like religion maybe isn't for me whereas like Goldie really wants Like, religion is very important to her. So it's just a matter of, like, it doesn't feel like she's picking and choosing what parts of religion, but ultimately it comes down to it's not her job to make the choice on whether or not Rasha should be in love or whether or not, you know, she should give a boy a high five. Like, it comes down to, like, that's not her choice. That's, like, God, you know? Well, I guess it's her choice as to how she wants to practice her religion, like in the context of Rasha versus Goldie, how they practice. But yeah, with her whole homophobia, that's where she's like, it's not my job to judge you. It's God's job, which that's still a little sketchy to me, but. Oh, (laughs) I mean, it's it's definitely like a interesting cop out, but like, I guess it works for everybody in the show, so. Yeah, it's like, like it is the love the sinner hate the sin yeah it's like it's not a sin so shut your fucking mouth (laughs) (laughs) 
that is true that is true yeah but I guess like in terms of a first step I would say that's probably a good first step it's just there aren't any further steps after that yeah which I think you're correct I think that there isn't really a wrap-up for it which is weird because watching the episodes where like Zoe gets offended because she's like you're saying that I don't deserve to like I don't even know live I forget exactly what she said pretty much and then like left the party because she's like wow you don't think I'm a person but then like the next episode she's like well Goldie likes me and I'm gay and I'm like wait but like she doesn't we just watched that happen so I'm like confused I think there was like a skip in like addressing the problem yeah for sure and I've seen people compare this kind of arc for Goldie with Spinner and Marco that's interesting okay yeah like I I wouldn't immediately think of that but when I saw it it made sense because with Spinner it was like he was being homophobic towards Marco but he was still friends with Marco you know like there was the whole episode where they had the sleepover (laughs) and Spinner was choking and he was like Marco don't save my life you're gay (laughs) (laughs) yes yep exactly so it's like they were still friends even though Spinner was being homophobic and it's kind of the same thing here with Goldie being friends with Zoe and Rasha I guess Goldie doesn't know about Rasha for most of the season but it's like Goldie is being maybe not as homophobic as Spinner was but more of like the the casual homophobia so I, th- I think the parallels are definitely there even though I, th- I think with Spinner was a bit more well done because we actually see him continue once he realizes he was wrong he like helps set Dylan and Marco up And later on, he defends Marco against the homophobe religious guy. Yeah, I think the issue that I have with, like, Goldie's homophobia is that they're kind of, they kind of, like, brush it under the rug. Like, there's no situation where she needs to, like, stand up and be like, I accept Rasha because we don't, we don't see that. We don't see her go home and, like, tell anybody. We don't see you know, her brother finding out, like, there isn't a scene where Goldie is put in that position. So we don't really know if she's like, actually okay with it. Or if she's just like, I love you, Rasha. So like, it's fine. But like, does that mean she feels that way about all gay people? Or is it just Rasha? Yeah, and she really only changes her mind when she sees how sad Zoe and Rasha are when Zoe gets kicked out of her home, (laughs) you know? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> like she she sees an actual consequence of homophobia and is like hmm, maybe this isn't such a great philosophy to have and that's really where, where it stops for her I do think that it is kind of like we talked about it's very similar to Becky as well but the difference is is that Becky like comes around because she ends up having feelings for Adam and then like all that stuff but Goldie again like there's no experience where she like has to be accepting almost besides Rasha being like her family friend I guess right Right. she never really has to have that conflict with herself as to like whether to do the right thing or not yeah and I think in like what I was thinking while watching it was that I don't think Degrassi wanted to push the boundaries that much with the religion because I think there are there are practicing Muslim people who really like 
are homophobic like that's just you know as there are with like catholic people or like christian and like whatever and there is like the whole point of it being in the quran and like whatever so i'm sure there is a point where degrassi was like okay there are people who believe this we're not going to push the line too much like this is about it i think they didn't want to like overstep i guess yeah because i think there's also the nuance in that muslim people are already demonized yes in, in the west so even if there might be problems like homophobia and sexism in Islam, you don't want to kind of condemn the religion as a whole because it's already being condemned for the wrong reasons by yes. racists and stuff. Yeah, I totally agree. So like, it was good that they touched upon the topic because like, obviously they have to if Rasha is a lesbian. But yeah, I can see like where they were like, mm, I don't know how much I want to go into this. And we kind of just like, okay, she's accepting, like we moved on and then that's it. But what's interesting is that once she kind of comes to term with Rasha being a lesbian, she then kind of lets other things slide. Like she went from not wanting to high five Winston to being alone with him, which there's this book that my school reads and it's about a Muslim girl who is in like a public school and then she starts to have a crush on like a white boy and like they go out to IHOP together and I have students who are like practicing Muslims who are like this is not what we would do like we wouldn't do that we're not allowed to go out with boys like they're like I hate that they're showing this woman who's a practicing Muslim like kiss this white boy like that's not what we do so I can see where Degrassi starts to kind of like push the limits a little bit on Goldie and I just that's where I'm like there's nothing wrong with her being more of a serious practicing Muslim but I feel like they kind of started to like let it slide after she's like oh well she's not homophobic then like now she can go out with boys and like all this stuff I guess yeah I was thinking about that because I guess specifically with the Winston thing like she kind of starts to have that conflict yeah about being interested in Winston like it never goes anywhere because the whole terrorism thing happens and she just drops Winston because of that yeah so she doesn't really have to really grapple with her religion in that sense because when she starts to do it her story just kind of pivots somewhere else that's what I was thinking too I was like they're kind of like dancing around all the topics that like would be considered quote-unquote controversial I guess because like the homophobia they kind of like okay it's done and then it's like ooh, she's hanging out with a boy like this is really pushing it just kidding now she's not because she was attacked like it's they like barely they like reach their hand in and they like take it back right that's kind of how I felt about it but I still feel like they did like a pretty solid job with a lot of the other plots which we'll talk about I think with um what's his name Winston? Well, okay, yeah. I mean, not Winston. Oh, Saad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's like a whole other type of, they address like different Muslim plots with him. Right. But how do you feel, I guess, about Winston and Goldie in general? I, again, like, I kind of always liked Winston a little bit. I think he was like, he's always been silly. I love him and Joe, 
Joe, <laughs> Zoe's, I don't know where I got Joe from, Zoe's relationship now that they're like no longer together. Like there's just the fun references of like, oh, like you didn't know I was in the closet for like half the time we dated or like whatever. And I feel like he is just more mature this season. The dick pic thing is like such a ridiculous, like straight boy game. I, well, not even because Miles isn't straight, but like... <laughs> Just like that's kind of the only thing where you're like, ooh, Winston. But then he like really genuinely is sorry. And I'm like, oh, Winston's like actually growing up. Yes. Like I'm just thinking of when Claire like went to that party at Miles's house and Winston just asked her out. Yes. <laughs> From that growth. And also they love to do student council romances. So like of course yes. we had to have one. Yes. What did you think? Yeah, like, to me, it kind of felt like it came out of nowhere, but it did make sense when they started exploring it. Mm -hmm. Just because Winston is kind of in that friend group and on student council, of course, like you said. And, like, they're pretty cute. I kind of like them, and I wish that they, again, that they explored more of it rather than just pushing it to the side once the whole terrorist thing happened. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I guess them, like, hanging out at prom together is supposed to be like the wrap-up and and like the implication that they're going to the same school so of course they're like gonna blossom in college or whatever especially if they're gonna get married right <laughs> which is funny <laughs> I think they're a good match now that I see them together I don't really imagine her being with someone else like I like the idea of her being with Winston who's kind of like silly and is kind of has kind of like come into his own and had his like shit relationship with Frankie like he finally deserves a little bit better you know yeah for sure but at the same time Winston just kind of continued to get shafted in all of next class like first like he he got the goat for Frankie and then Frankie dumped him then he was Zoe's beard and then yep. he dumps him because she got attacked. Yeah, I guess that is true. He's gotten the short stick on a lot of these relationships. Really, his only time in the spotlight for himself was for that Captain Who musical. Which yeah. Was, we talked about it was kind of a flop. Yeah, which was such a shame, too, because he, like, really put a lot of work into that. Yeah. So it kind of sucks that Winston never really gets to be more than just a supporting character to Miles or Goldie or whoever else. Because we don't really ever learn anything about him besides, like, he's funny, really. That's true. We really don't. Like, does he have any siblings? Like, what does he do outside of school? Like, we have no idea. Yeah, like, he he's a great supporting character. But, and unfortunately just continues the trend of the non-white characters being the sidekicks to the white characters. Yep. Because even though he wasn't, like, as much as Miles' like, sidekick, I would say, in the in these two seasons, he was kind of Goldie's, even though she's not white, he was still a sidekick. Yeah. And I guess Zoe's a little bit, if you really want to, like, look at it that way. Who was he even supposed to be in student council? Is he secretary or something? Oh, I have no idea. Right? Like, why is he doing all these things? Yeah, actually, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he's just hanging around, I guess. I don't, I don't know he, he's really into student government, I guess. I mean, he planned the whole prom by himself. 
that's what I'm saying. Like, where where does he like stand in this? But whatever. Yeah, and like, I think it's fine to have characters who don't have like super dramatic storylines all the time. Like, I think that's more true to life for most teenagers. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like Winston probably deserved to have a bit more than he was given. I think. Oh, I totally agree. Especially because we don't really have any lead like Asian characters. No. Like, I think the only other Asian character that comes to mind for me is Spinner's sister, who's like barely on it. Esme. And Esme. Is she? Yeah. I don't know. I thought she was like Filipino, honestly. I have no idea what she is, but. That's still Asian. Yeah. Isn't like Pacific Islander? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess Esme, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know like what her ethnicity is but yeah she's the only other one but they didn't even introduce her until netflix yeah so very weird yeah because i i've seen people specifically talk about the asian representation on degrassi because apparently there's a big asian population in toronto is what i've seen so that's ridiculous okay that's kind of annoying then yeah interesting but yeah, I guess what else is there for Goldie? The terrorist attack. Yeah, I was trying to think, and I feel stupid for asking this, but was there one in Belgium around this time? Yeah, I think it's referencing an actual attack. Okay, that's what I was thinking. So I was like, this is a little bit of like much if they like weren't referencing a real attack, but I think you're right. I think there was one. Yeah, it's it's a specific Brussels terrorist attack in 2016. Oh, Brussels. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know. I mean, like, it's interesting that they introduced it, but I think they kind of had this plan to do it eventually because I feel like the main focus of the Muslim students are them trying to navigate their way around like all the racism that's already existing. So naturally, another racist experience happening is going to make Degrassi address it, I guess. Well, that was kind of the whole point of bringing in the Syrian refugee characters in the first place, right? Mm-hmm. Specifically for Goldie, I thought it was interesting how Goldie reacted to being attacked compared to Hazel being attacked. We we didn't see Hazel get attacked, but Hazel's whole thing was like she was attacked or I forget exactly what happened to her, but her response was to hide her muslim identity completely Mm -hmm. and she even kind of started being a bit racist herself yeah whereas goldie kind of goes the opposite way where she kind of doubles down on her religion to kind of make the point that not all muslims are terrorists yeah like she kind of starts the whole anti-terrorism protest thing at degrassi so yeah for sure i wonder too if it has to do with just the time difference you know what I mean like 9-11 was so like insane the reactions after 9-11 were just like horrible you know Mm -hmm. so I feel like now with what happened in like Brussels instead of hiding this like she was able to have this opportunity because the school had her back you know like other people had her back which was nice except the whole Saeed stuff which I didn't watch yet so I don't really I know there is like crossover between like 
what happened there and like Goldie yeah. and him, but I didn't watch too much of it. Yeah, to me, kind of seemed like Goldie was trying to like overcompensate at least a little bit because I, I really like Saad's perspective. We'll talk about that at some point, but mm -hmm. Goldie kind of seemed to go a bit too far to the point that Saad himself was alienated, which kind of screwed him over. So it was kind of interesting in that sense because with Goldie, she kind of blamed herself for getting attacked. She was like, oh, I got attacked because I was with a boy and that's not allowed. Yeah. And I feel like they don't really unpack that with her because that's not what happened. She got attacked because someone was being a racist asshole. Yeah, but it also, that's kind of like how she goes about it too with, is it sad or Saeed? Saad. Saad, thank you. Saad. I think that's like how she kind of goes with him too where she was like you can't act like this you're bringing it upon yourself and like we have to be careful right now mm -hmm. so it's almost like she's kind of going in the way of like we need to be good muslims and like we need to like fit in and like whatever which is why i think she's like i wasn't being a good muslim so that's why i got attacked right which is sad yeah because I do wish that they had addressed that because it's obviously not karma for hanging out with a boy, you know, but they don't really talk about that. Yeah, because we don't see her perspective again after she gets attacked, really. Like she she pretty much breaks up with Winston and that's the last we actually see from her perspective. Yes, I couldn't believe how like little she was in it after. So there was definitely more to tell in that story, but I guess they just didn't have the time to. Like, they tried to pack so much shit in these two seasons. Oh, my God. I know. On top of, like, Maya, like, literally just fast-forwarding through Maya stuff, I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> I've got a lot to watch. Yeah. So, it's definitely a consequence of not having enough time to fully flesh out these stories, as we keep saying, for all of Netflix. Yeah. But I, I thought it was decently done, at least for Goldie's end. I think Degrassi did what Degrassi does and they held their meetings, they had their t-shirts, they made it, brought awareness to the issue and then it was dropped and then we never saw it again. Yep. <laughs> so, but um, do you want it to go into like Goldie overall? Yeah. So I feel like for Goldie, there isn't more to her than being the feminist Muslim, unfortunately. Yeah, I agree with that. I thought a good example of this was in the last episode when like Zoe is sad that her mom didn't come to graduation and everyone's like, oh, we're your friends. We could share you for holidays. And then Goldie goes on like a 20 second rant about inviting Zoe to Eid. Yeah. And I was like, okay, you didn't need to spend like 20 seconds <laughs> talking about your your specific holiday that you're going to steal Zoe for. Well, but it's it's because like... she doesn't celebrate Easter, but she celebrates. It's like, girl, you could have said like Halloween then. I don't know. Yeah, so I feel like they kind of pigeonholed Goldie as, like, just the Muslim character. Mm -hmm. And, like, what, what they did with her was fine. But given that this is their first character, the, the first character that they're focusing on as being a Muslim, rather than, like, a one-off, like, with Hazel, you could kind of tell that this was their first attempt, <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. Well, okay, I'm going to sound really dumb. What was Ali and Sav? They were Muslim, too. Okay, but that's the thing, like, we knew that they were Muslim, they were, like, 
kind of practicing, but not to the extent that like Goldie was choosing to practice. Yeah. But their entire plots weren't I'm Muslim. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like I totally get what you're saying. I think Goldie could have had more, but I think they were too busy addressing like the quote unquote restrictions of her religion. And then like the season was done. Where like I think it's kind of similar to Becky, where Becky was just the annoying religious girl until they were able to expand after Adam passed, honestly, which like, eh, I mean, we both agree that it would have been better if he didn't, but I think that that's, if they had more seasons, they probably could have gotten past the religion and grown a little bit more, but I don't even think they kept her as like a great feminist, honestly. Like when she totally didn't realize that the dick pic was harassment, like if anyone's going to realize it, it's her. That's true. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, wait a second. Why do you not know that this of all people, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that there's like a little, I don't know if they knew where they wanted to go with her. And then the season, then the series was cut short. Yeah. Cause she's pretty much the only character who's introduced in next class who graduates here. Yeah. Like, all, all the other new characters are staying on or would have stayed on for the next seasons. Well, what about Rasha? I think she would have stayed. She didn't well, graduate. She didn't graduate? Okay, because she was at the grad party, so I was, like, confused. Well, everyone was at that party. Well, most of the people had graduated, so she might have been the only one that hadn't. So that's why I was like, wait a second, is she a senior? But no, she's not. Okay. Yeah. So Goldie, Goldie is the only new character who didn't graduate. Gotcha. Okay. Or who did graduate, I should say. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, could have been more with her, but let's go on to Zoe and Rasha. Oh, wait, wait, sorry. One last thing, I promise. When they said that she was going to Banting, I always think of Paige. Of course. Of course. How could could you not? You know, I, I was like, oh, that's so amazing. But Yeah. I have a feeling she would maybe be a little more successful at banding. I, I think so, too. <laughs> okay, Zoe and Rasha, I'm ready. Yes, okay. So, Zoe finally came out to herself at the end of season two. Do a time skip into season three. It's a new school year. Zoe is the president now that Tristan is in a coma. And she has spent the summer fundraising so that Degrassi could take on the Syrian refugee students. However, they soon run into a problem when Zoe has replaced the the queer straight alliance room with a prayer room for the new Muslim students. And Zoe kind of defends her decision by coming out to the school. She's like, oh, I'm gay and I'm the president, so I made this decision, so you can't, like, come for me for this. Of course, VJ then comes out with a social media post about Zoe being a self-hating gay, which (laughs) gets back to Zoe's mom, who is like it's a super cringy line it's like oh even hillary has her haters i was like girl you're canadian but anyway zoe's mom does not believe this video from vj which makes zoe worried about coming out to her mom but regardless zoe continues to be out and proud at school and she ultimately decides to combine the prayer room and the queer straight alliance room so they could share the space. And then Goldie comes up. Goldie is the vice president. She introduces Zoe to her 
friend slash billet sister. I don't know what to call her. Rasha. So soon after that, Rasha, she gets her first plot. She wants to audition for Miles' play as the main role. She does a pretty good job at the audition, but it seems like Miles is laughing at her during her audition. She soon finds out that that is because she was auditioning for the boy role. So Zoe tells her this, and then Miles tells her that like she could audition for the female role, but then Zoe convinces her that Rasha is good enough to be the main boy role. And like Rasha like yells at Miles about this or whatever, and Rasha ends up auditioning once again for the boy role. However, this convinces Miles to play the main character role himself, and Rasha ends up getting the role in the play as Coma Boy, aka Tristan. <laughs> and throughout this episode, of course, there are lots of flirty vibes with Zoe. Next is that Zoe and Winston are trying to figure out if Rasha is gay, but they cannot make any conclusion one way or another. So Winston makes Zoe ask Rasha out for him, kind of payback for Winston being her beard for, for the last year. And then Rasha agrees to this coffee date, not realizing that it is a date. So when Zoe's a bit jealous, she's talking to Rasha about it. Rasha ends up coming out to Zoe saying that like, oh, I don't understand these Canadian customs that going out for coffee means that you're romantically interested. Zoe, does that mean you're romantically interested? And then it's, it's pretty cute. And they end up agreeing to go on a real date. <laughs> and so they kind of like unofficially get together at this point. And I think it's Zoe. It might be Rasha, but w one of them is planning for them to go see a high school musical sing along. And Goldie finds out and invites herself. She like buys her ticket right then and there, which is kind of annoying. <laughs> Rasha is afraid to come out to Goldie because of all of Goldie's homophobia <laughs> that's going on at this point. So Zoe and Rasha start to scheme to kind of get Goldie out of it. They like make some stuff up so that Goldie is busy for the night. And so they go on their date. And afterwards at the dot, Baz, Goldie's brother, shows up. So they have to cut the date short and kind of hide. And then the next day, Rasha is like apologizing. It's like, oh, I ruined the date because I'm still in the closet, blah, 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 blah. Zoe says that it's okay and they kiss. But of course, Zoe's mom, for some reason, is inside of the school <laughs> and she catches them kissing. However, Zoe's mom never talks to Zoe about seeing this. So Zoe's mom is getting married. Her wedding is like coming up in a couple days. So Zoe asks her mom to invite Rasha to the wedding. And it's at this point where her mom brings out her true colors and is like, oh, Zoe, you're just having a phase. You can't be gay. Like, you don't look gay. You don't dress gay. Like, of course you're not gay. Rasha is not welcome at my wedding. Zoe gets super pissed about this. She's like, fuck you, mom. Like, if you don't think I could be gay, just watch me. And she gets a black and white suit to wear to the wedding. And she invites Rasha against her mom's wishes. So Rasha shows up at the wedding. Zoe's mom is kind of pissed, but she doesn't want to cause a scene. So she kind of lets it slide. But when Zoe and Rasha are slow dancing and they kiss, her mom tries to stop her saying like, everyone's gonna see you and blah, 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 blah. And then Zoe fights back saying that, mom, you never loved me for who I am. She kicks Rasha and Zoe out of the wedding and kicks Zoe out of the house. And... Rasha ends up getting mad at Zoe that Zoe put her in a situation where she was unwelcomed by homophobes, which is particularly a soft spot 
for Rasha because it happened to her back in Syria with one of her family members. So Zoe and Rasha are kind of on the rocks at this point, and Zoe ends up moving in with Grace. So it's at this point that Rasha is like super upset. She finally ends up coming out to Goldie, which causes Goldie, as we talked about, to realize that her homophobia is not a good thing. So Goldie and Rasha kind of help Zoe and Rasha get back together by they help Zoe apologize to Rasha for the whole thing. Blah blah blah. blah. They and get so, flowers. Yeah, there, there's flowers. There's flowers. There's some nice apology flowers, and they get back together. Okay, and that is season three. In season four, they don't have too many things. After the Belgium terrorist attack, Rasha starts talking with one of her ex-girlfriends who ended up moving to Belgium from Syria. So Rasha is talking to this girl just to like make sure she's okay. And Zoe starts getting jealous when like it seems like they're talking for longer than she would expect. Grace suggests to Zoe that oh, you should give Rasha what she can't get from her ex-girlfriend in Belgium. So Zoe tries to make out with Rasha in the student council lounge, and it goes very badly. She, like, elbows Rasha in the face. When Zoe goes to apologize and is like, oh, your exotic Belgium girlfriend is so much better than me, like, you should go be with her. Rasha is like, what the hell are you talking about, Zoe? I love you. <laughs> and my ex-girlfriend had bad breath. Get Get over yourself. <laughs> So they say I love you to each other for the first time, and they get through it. In the final episode, Zoe and Rasha just won prom queen, which kind of makes Zoe a bit sad because she and her mom used to always talk about Zoe being the prom queen just like her mom was. So she ends up calling her mom at the prom to ask her to come to graduations. She's going to be giving the valedictorian speech. Zoe's mom doesn't pick up, but she does send a text to Zoe asking when the graduation is. So this gets Zoe's hopes up that her mom is going to show up and kind of accept her. But at the graduation ceremony, her stepdad shows up with a box of all of Zoe's like legal documents and such saying that her mom is not coming and she never wants to see Zoe again. So this kind of puts Zoe in a terrible headspace to give her speech. So she kind of I think she does like maybe two seconds of her speech before she has to run off stage when she sees the empty chair in the audience. And so all of her friends meet her backstage, trying to cheer her up, saying that they will be her family now. They kind of make Zoe feel a little better about her whole situation. And at the after graduation party, they encourage Zoe to finish her speech off, where Zoe talks about how in the past she thought that life was a competition but that she has learned to now only compete with herself. In the box of legal documents, there was a letter from her mom, and she just throws the letter in, a, in the fire because she doesn't want to hear any excuses for why her mom doesn't want to be in her life anymore. And that is the end of Zoe. Whew, okay, that was a longer one, but fair, earned. As you know, I mentioned this before we even started recording, in order for me to get through these two seasons, I had to pretend like Zoe has done nothing previously <laughs> in order for her to have some character development because even last season with grace and the way she treated her not yeah. great nope. not good but now that zoe is a lesbian officially out and about she apparently is also nicer yes <laughs> and not a bully anymore and the class president because why not right <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so i think i I talked about this 
in our last Zoe episode that like it's just such a weird jump that in the last episode of season two Zoe finally comes out to herself and then in the first episode of season three she is out and proud to the entire school and is like oh I am the school president and I'm a lesbian hear me roar (laughs) so you know so it's just like there's not really a transition to her being okay with herself being gay to Mm -hmm. being okay with everybody knowing that she's gay I think part of it was that they had to do it because Tristan wasn't around to harass her to come out anymore (laughs) yeah so they were like hmm I guess we'll just have her fully out nothing you know nothing wrong with that all good and let's throw her a love interest too why not first episode let's do it like the thing I feel is like Degrassi has done a ton of coming out storylines already so I feel like there didn't necessarily need to be like a whole storyline where like Zoe figures out the right way to come out to the school like I feel like that's been done 10 times before already on Degrassi Mm -hmm. but I feel like maybe just like a scene where she like talks about it like oh I really did some growth over the summer so like I am fully okay with it now you know do you think that they're, they took the scene where she announces it to like the QSA and also the Muslim students when she was like, well, I'm a lesbian. Like, do you think that was it? That was the scene? Well, I would think that there would be a scene leading up to that scene, you know? Oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, I mean, like, yeah, that would make way more sense. And also, like, I don't know. Do you think people would even care that much? about Zoe being a lesbian they kind of make it seem like everybody would care or like not like care in a bad way but just like oh Zoe good job like no I didn't even think Zoe was even well liked at all so that's why I'm like confused as to like why we're supposed to be like oh she's this like super popular person and now she's president and now she's also a lesbian it's like we've already had gay presidents before we've had two Tristan and Marco like this isn't new stuff here well I think I I could see the one thing being that with Goldie being homophobic you can maybe assume that most of the new Muslim students coming from a repressive regime in Syria might be more homophobic on average than most Canadians sure I could see you maybe assuming that would be the case okay I see. But Uh, like even outside of that it's just like Zoe was like so adamantly against being a lesbian in but before this right like it took her two whole seasons to come out to herself mm -hmm. so it just feels like it feels weird that now she's suddenly okay being out to anybody and everybody besides her mom. And it's like I don't know I think that they should have picked somebody else. I get that they wanted Zoe to be the main character. Almost, you know, like Maya's busy doing her thing. So like Zoe's busy doing her thing. But I just still feel like it was such a missed opportunity with Grace. Like, honestly, like, I don't care that Grace is dying that much this season. Like, it would have been better to see that. (laughs) If Grace was gay? Yeah. Like, really, the only positive thing I could really say about the choice to make Zoe a lesbian 
is I do like in in season three in, in particular how everybody is saying Zoe, you don't look like a lesbian, like you don't act like a lesbian, like so you're not a lesbian, you know. That is a very so, interesting thing that does happen. Yeah, so that that is like the one thing that I would say I liked about Zoe's whole being gay thing. I will say I totally agree with that. I think that that was very interesting. Her even like dressing in the suit to see if maybe like now people will like quote unquote believe her. I think that was a great plot. I think that should have like been the only like, I don't know, lesbian plot for her. And then we just like move on and like do other things. Well, I kind of like how it wasn't an explicit plot actually. You don't think so? Yeah, because I feel like everybody's kind of been casually saying it to her the whole season. Yeah. And so she's like, oh, okay, if you want me to be, like, the the butch lesbian that you want me to be so badly, okay, I'll just wear this ugly-ass suit, you know? Oh, okay. And then, like, the scene where Rasha is like, okay, do you like kissing me? Then you're pretty freaking gay. <laughs> I thought that was, like, a really cute conclusion to it and like it didn't have to be explicit to get the point across yeah okay I guess that's fair I wish I liked that one a lot I think that was kind of like one of the better because it made sense like it really did it added up well to the point where like Zoe was feeling that way and you know wasn't presenting as gay and like that was kind of the only thing she had control over with her mom because her mom kept saying, oh, well, you don't, like, look gay. Like, you've kissed boys. It's a phase. So I feel like this was the only thing she could actually, like, address with her mom to be like, here we go. This is it. Like, what's left? What's your last reasoning for me not being gay? Now I dress like I'm gay or whatever. I don't know. I liked it. I thought that one was good. Everything else, though, is just, like, I think they kind of do what we were talking about with Goldie, where she's just, like, only Muslim and only a feminist. Like, Zoe's main plots were, like, only being a lesbian. Like, she didn't have any other plots outside of Rasha and her mom. Yes. Which, like, I guess is fine, but for two seasons of it. But they can't do anything else because she has no other friends, because she's a piece of shit. (laughs) We don't talk about that. (laughs) I guess. I guess it's just that they they made Zoe nice, right? So it's like, what <laughs> what can we do with her now? Okay, we'll give her a love interest and we'll just have some LGBT-related storylines. Because this is the first time that somebody has actually been kicked out of home for being gay. I was thinking about the only other person that's been kicked out was Manny, but it wasn't because she was gay. No. And there was like that one guy that Marco dated for like a second. Yes. Yep. Yeah. I remember but the fedora he, guy. Yeah, he doesn't really count though. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. But with that, like, I thought that was kind of interesting because I feel like in recent years you don't really hear about gay kids getting kicked out of home as often as we used to. Yeah. When was this? 2016. Yeah. Yeah, I would say we're. I don't know Trump was that year so it could go either way but also they're in Canada so it could be a little bit different I think you're right though I think by 2016 we had come a long way and I think Zoe's mom I think we talked about this last time we didn't get enough of her to like know how legit 
this is. Like, I feel like with Riley, we kind of saw the buildup of mom at home and like, you know, how she was always like, bring a nice girl home, bring a nice girl home. Or like Marco's dad, like we got to like know them, but we didn't really get to know Zoe's mom. I would say we got to know her decently enough in the in the few times that we saw her. Like there was the scene with Grace in the car, right? Where Zoe's mom is like, don't hang out with her. She's into you. Yes. No. Yeah, I think that was the start of us being like, hmm. But I guess also we didn't know or the writers hadn't planned for Zoe to be gay prior to, I don't even know, I guess season one of the Netflix special. So I guess then they really wouldn't be setting up her mom being homophobic because they didn't even know they were going to be doing this. Yeah. And like, even before that, they did set up Zoe's mom as being pretty controlling, right? It was like, Zoe got fired from the TV show. So her mom has to get a job now. So her mom kind of resents her, you know? So like, yeah. every time we've kind of seen Zoe's mom, she's always been kind of awful. So I, I don't think that it's, out of left field that she is also a homophobe I think the only thing that I'm wondering is because I think we've talked about this I'm pretty sure is like her mom being religious yeah that 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 was kind of like a convenient excuse as to why she's homophobic when like she's been awful before this so like you you didn't need to throw the religion onto it to make her homophobic okay I think that's maybe where I was like what are we doing with oh yeah my mom's religious rosaries and all it's like what what yeah. does that even mean yeah so I, I i agree that that part specifically came out of nowhere mm-hmm. but her being a bitch and a terrible mom i think we're pretty well established beforehand yeah so you might as well just also be like she's a horrible mom and also she's homophobic because she's just a bad person in general yeah her being a catholic did not need to be an aspect of that at all yeah, and Zoe also is a horrible person, so... Yeah, right. Until she's not anymore, I guess. I but, like, with her mom kicking her out, I guess going back to that slightly, it's like, I don't want to say that it doesn't still happen, because I'm sure it does, but mm-hmm. I, it, it kind of feels like the storyline would have fit more in, like, the Marco era of Degrassi rather than the current era of Degrassi. Well, because I was also thinking, I don't remember exactly. How did her mom kick her out? It happened off screen. Right? So, like, that's also annoying. Because it's like, we know her mom's homophobic, and we don't even see it. We're just assuming, not assuming, like, we know it's fact. But the her being kicked out thing, like, at least with Manny, like, we saw her dad be like, get out. Don't come back, yeah. you know? Where it's like, for her, she's like, I'm not allowed to go back. And, like, Grace is like, oh, just live with me then. It's like, was she kicked out or was she more like don't come home if you're gay which I guess is kind of being kicked out there's just like it's weird and I get it I think you're right I think for the time it's a little weird too yeah because I think how it went was Zoe kisses Rasha at the wedding her mom yells at her about it they fight about it and then Zoe storms off I think and then I think it's the next episode where Grace is like, oh, Zoe got kicked out. And it's like, wait, we didn't see her mom explicitly tell her don't come home. It was Zoe left the wedding because her mom, like, told her to leave the wedding. Leaving the wedding is not the same as being kicked out of home. Yes. So 
I think she chose not to go home, but kind of worded it as like, I was, I couldn't go home. Yeah. So the whole kicking out thing was weird because even in season four, when she is not at her home at all, we only see the effects of that on her in the very last episode. Yes. But I think we kind of said a similar thing with Manny. Where, oh no, that's not true. Sorry. We said with Manny, like, she kind of suddenly went back home because JT died. Yeah. So then she was like, I'm home now because my parents are worried that I'm going to get stabbed. And we were like, oh, that's a cop out. But yeah, for Zoe, we didn't see her, like, be sad about not being home. Right. Even though we knew her mother's acceptance was important to her. Right. But we just didn't really see it. Yeah. So there were there were the pieces there that could have made it work but they just weren't there I agree I also can't imagine Degrassi like going on after this and not including Zoe like I have a feeling Zoe would still be around because of Rasha that and because I feel like her story is still unfinished because like what was in the letter you know like maybe Uh, it's it's who her dad was right like oh my god could you imagine her dad is actually Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a Degrassi process. God. But yeah, like, even though I guess how the kicking out thing was done kind of sloppily, I I mean, I still felt bad for her, I guess. Like, in, in the whole episode where Goldie is trying to fix things for them, like, you could kind of tell how both Zoe and Rasha were, like, kind of fucked up from the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And even when her stepdad comes to give her the box of stuff like I feel like I could tell that her stepdad disagreed with what was happening yeah I was like dude stand up to your wife and bring your stepdaughter back home like what are you doing okay but also when did her mom like get a boyfriend doesn't matter I just feel like she's like my dad my dad my dad and then all of a sudden she's like my mom's getting married Like, I think they could have made that work and made that not the one-off for Gilmore Girls, (laughs) you know? I think they could have been like, my mom got engaged to her boyfriend, so, like, now I want to know who my dad is. But instead, they were like, my dad, and then all of a sudden, she's like, my mom's getting married. And I'm like, what? Or they could have done, like, the thing with Emma where it's like, I don't really have a relationship with my biological dad, but I have a cool stepdad to, like, take the place. Right, but they kind of, they just fucked up overall with Zoe. Yeah. But I don't know. Before we get to Zoe overall, let's talk about Rasha and Zoe and Rasha. I think they're so cute. I think this was like a surprisingly good relationship that they had built. Like, I really like Rasha. I like that they're both in the same place of like kind of coming out, kind of not like no one's pressuring one or the other to come out which I think is almost like every relationship we've had so far right like literally every single one is like why aren't you out why aren't you out well why aren't you out it's like okay like enough and like this one was they were out to the point where they felt comfortable and neither was pressured to come out even more and that's why I think I liked it a lot yeah like surprisingly Zoe understood why Rasha didn't want to come out to Goldie it's like wow what a concept I also think it's so funny because in another world, Zoe would have been like, I think if Zoe had gotten mad at Rasha, she would have outed her online, like in a heartbeat. Yeah. (laughs) 
we were in the old Zoe world, but we're not. We're in a new one. But what did you think about them? Yeah, I thought they were super cute. Like when they when they did their schemes for like the let's get Goldie out of our date thing. I thought that was so cute. <laughs> I love the, the schemes because like they said schemes and who I was tiny. Tiny was like, I love schemes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. Yeah, and like I thought the way like the scheme was to avoid coming out, right? Mm-hmm. So I thought that was like coming out on Degrassi is often portrayed as being like this life or death thing. So yeah. I, I liked how Rasha not wanting to come out was a bit more whimsical and fun. It's like, oh, we're gonna make a scheme so that I don't have to come out to Goldie. I thought that was pretty cute. It was like, oh, it's not a life or death situation. It's just, you know, trying to hide from your friend who's homophobic. And I feel like sometimes with the characters on Degrassi is if they don't come out, it almost makes it seem like they're less gay. Yeah. They're like, you're not like supporting or like you you're embarrassed like what do you like for them both of them are like we understand that the limits you know that the people around us have and like they're homophobic and like it's not our job to change them so we're just gonna keep doing us but just be a little careful about it yeah so I liked that perspective on it at least yeah because like the build-up to them was pretty cute too like you said earlier, it's like, oh, Winston has no gaydar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is a coffee date a date or is it like just coffee? <laughs> like, bitch, I wish I knew the answer to that question. Yeah, literally still don't even know. I loved that Winston was the one that like got involved in it, though, to like try to be like, I don't know. I just love that he was around for that. I know he was a background character, but he was pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty cute. I do want to talk about their first fight, I guess, or their like little breakup incident. Yeah. This was classic Zoe. Classic Zoe inviting Rasha, pretending like everybody's okay with it, and then not realizing that what she was doing was crossing a boundary with Rasha. And like, absolutely fair that Rasha broke up with her. Like, explaining her story at the end where she had been in a similar situation before and like had the police called on her and that's awful but I just was so surprised by how Zoe actually was like apologetic (laughs) I guess I don't know apologetic to the extent she just brought her flowers yeah I feel like they kind of swept what Zoe did under the rug a little bit Mm -hmm. just because Zoe got kicked out and that became the bigger issue yeah so once again Zoe faces no consequences for her actions yeah right shocking Um, yeah, because I, I do think they should have addressed what Zoe did a bit more. Because it's it's kind of the same thing that Miles did to Tristan. It's like, oh, I'm going to bring my same-sex partner around to piss my parent off. Yeah, and that was, like, pretty much exactly what Zoe did. Yeah. Which was unfortunate because, like, Rasha really liked her. They didn't really, they didn't really talk about it. They didn't say like, oh, don't do that. I think they portrayed that it was a bad thing to do, I guess. Only because Rasha got mad. And then like, no, she definitely should have. I agree. I think that there should have been more to it, but 
I don't know. I'm, I also understand that they really like each other and like it's probably so difficult to find somebody in high school that's also, you know, kind of out and like, I get it. I get that they wanted to be back together. And like, I think that is a fight that they, if Zoe was legitimately sorry, like they could get past. Yeah. What did you think about the whole like X thing? I didn't really care for that storyline one way or another. I guess it was just a, a silly miscommunication plot. They're sometimes fun, sometimes not. <laughs> I'd say this was one that was not too fun. <laughs> I think they wanted to do a jealousy plot, but they were like, wait, we don't have any other lesbians on Degrassi, so we need to like pretend like there's one in Syria that she's still talking to, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> because like, the whole conflict is like Rasha's talking to her friend who just survived a terrorist attack. I'm jealous. It's like, girl, <laughs> terrorist attack. Come and on. also the fact that she's like, I think you would be better off with her. It's like, with her? She's not even, what do you mean with? <laughs> like, what? It's like, Zoe, this isn't about you for one second. Calm down. Yeah. So I just thought it was kind of stupid. If anything, it just shows how Zoe does not think of anybody but herself. Classic. Just the classic Zoe. Yeah, and because of this, I do feel like Zoe and Rasha being the first gay prom couple at Degrassi, I don't think it was earned, unfortunately. I don't think so either. I think that Shay and Tiny should have been it. That's so true. I liked them a lot. When I saw them as like an option when they were like scanning the crowd... I was like, oh my god, they were like the on and off couple, like, you know, they found their way back to each other, they've gone through such hard things, why wouldn't they be the couple? I don't know, that's just, that was my thoughts, I think if anyone, it should have been them, over Miles and Tristan, like, if they were prom, I would have freaking turned it off, and been like, we're done. (laughs) Yeah, because the weird thing about Zoe and Rasha is they have a ton of things in season three, and then in season four, it's just the, the silly jealousy plot. And then Zoe's mom saying goodbye for good. That's really it in season four. Yeah, because when I was watching, and I think I skipped like literally four episodes before they were finally back on it again. Yeah. So annoying. But then Rasha, I love her. We already kind of talked about it, but Rasha is so great. She really stands out to me as one of the characters who was obviously brought in to be a love interest but just does such a good job that it's almost like you'd rather her just be around than be just the love interest. Yeah, because even though she is brought on as a love interest, she pretty immediately is her own character. Like, even before she's with Zoe, she has the whole storyline trying to get into Miles' play. Yes. So it's like we already kind of learn who she is as a person before she's connected to Zoe. Even though you know she's going to get with Zoe, like, you know that from the very first episode, right? When Goldie introduces Rasha. Yeah. So, like, you know it's going to happen, but before it happens, we already know who Rasha is. Mm -hmm. And I think that is why Rasha works so much better than somebody like Zane or who else? Jack, right? Jack, yeah. Yeah, well, I also think that she works better than both of those characters because one she doesn't put Zoe in a position where she has to come out well more like that's on Zane two she doesn't put Zoe in a position where she 
feels confused about what the relationship is. Like this just is a genuinely like healthy relationship, I feel like until the wedding episode. Mm-hmm. Like I know they're hiding a little bit, but it just like they like each other. And yeah. I think that's nice. I feel like Degrassi doesn't do that very often. <laughs> Especially with like Frankie Esma and Zig on the side. I'm just <laughs> like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And Rasha just has so much personality. She's so spunky. She's just so fun. I really think she's made her way into like my top 10 characters. I know she doesn't have a lot, but like, I really feel like she, she deserves a spot. She honestly does. She's so good. And like Zoe deserves, Zoe doesn't deserve her. No. (laughs) Like, absolutely not. The fact that Zoe gets her, I don't know how, but you know what? I know how. I thought about this because I was like, literally in what world would Rasha go for Zoe? Oh, she has no idea what she was like before she moved here. Yep. That's the only way they could have put someone with Zoe. Like, can you just imagine Zoe explaining what happened with Degrassi nudes and Rasha being like, girl. Degrassi nudes, um, harassing like Maya every other episode, (laughs) like all the time filming her having sex with Zig. Ugh, so bad, so bad. But yeah, no, Rasha is like a 10 out of 10. Yes. Love her. Honestly, Esme and Rasha are the the biggest losses from Degrassi not continuing. Totally agree. Oh my god, that's like such a good point. Okay, do you want to get into Zoe overall? Oh god. You start, because I'm going to have nothing nice to say. <laughs> okay, Zoe overall for, like, three and four? As as a whole. Nah, okay, you go first. <laughs> okay, so I wanted to show Zoe's graduation speech. Because I feel like they kind of try to sum up Zoe's character in that speech. So I think that is a good starting point to discuss her overall character arc. Okay. Speech. Speech. Good afternoon, graduates. <laughs> Seems like just yesterday we were scared little kids struggling to find our lockers, and today we're graduates. Along the way, we welcomed some new faces, and we said goodbye to others. When I arrived at Degrassi as a sophomore, um, I thought high school was a competition to be the most beautiful, most popular, to score the hottest boyfriend. What was I wrong? Yeah, preach. (laughs) I was scared to show people who I really was because I was afraid that They would reject me. I've learned that this world is big enough for all of us to succeed. And the only people that we should ever be competing against is ourselves. Okay, thanks, bye. Hope we all keep in touch. You all have bright futures that I want to hear about. Okay, so basically what Zoe says is that she 
viewed high school as a comp competition, right? And like the implication is that she learned from that, like she's different now. But when, when did she learn that high school isn't a competition? She learned that high school is a competition when she became, I don't even want to say minority. What would be like somebody who's a lesbian? Like before that, she was just technically like a white, straight woman who was a bitch. And then she like came to a realization that she is no longer straight. And like apparently that changed her entire dynamic of life. And I don't understand why or how. Yeah, like she says that she's afraid to show people who she really was, right? So like mm -hmm. the, the implication there is that now that she is out and proud as a lesbian, she doesn't need to hide. She doesn't need to like put on this like rough exterior anymore and mm -hmm. like be a mean person. Like that that's the implication of her saying that. But before she even had the inkling that she was gay, she was being a terrible person, you know? And even when she was gay, she was a terrible person to Grace. Right. Who was not gay, and apparently she just, like, couldn't even handle that. Right. I couldn't believe Maya even sat through that, to be honest. <laughs> right. I just, I think, I think both of us can agree that they did not do a good enough job in wrapping Zoe's character up for us to feel like she's made this big change and this big arc in her life. Right, because in seasons three and four, like we've talked about, we just talked about it, she is overall a nice, good person. But where did that transition happen? Like, she was pretty awful, always, pretty much. <laughs> through Literally always like let's see season one of next class for sure because that's when she made the sex tape season two of next class i guess she didn't do anything necessarily bad other than like having winston as a beard she did the winston as a beard and she treated grace like garbage oh wait that was the sex tape sorry yeah so I guess, like, in season two, she wasn't doing anything explicitly terrible to other people. But, like, for pretty much, what, three seasons straight, she was being a menace to anybody and everybody. And then, like, okay, she's gay now, so she's nice. Yeah. So it's like, what? where did the transition happen? When, where did she learn from her mistakes? Because she never had any consequences for anything she ever did. Yep. So, None. no consequences. Like, like we talked about with Degrassi nudes, she didn't care a bit about what she did to her friends. She only cared that everybody hated her because of it. Mm -hmm. You know? So it's like she never faced any long term consequences for anything that happened to her. So, like, when did she learn that high school wasn't a competition? When did she learn to not be a mean person to anybody? Was it when she was like in the bus crash? She wasn't though. Oh shit! Sorry. Just not... well, they like barely even talk about it. So like, I totally forget who is and who isn't. Considering like three people actually got hurt, and Tristan like was one of them. No, because even if she was in, the... throw her into the bus crash. Maybe she would be nicer after. But they didn't even give her that. No. So it's like with Zoe as a character overall, she had a ton of great ideas with her character. Right? It's like child actress with a controlling manipulative mom she she is a pill popper 
she self-harmed she was sexually assaulted like there's a lot of good ideas there to like explain why she is a terrible mean person like you could even have a good storyline that's like oh she is a terrible mean person because she's in the closet and is hiding who she really is which is kind of what they tried to tell us was the was her character arc they did that with riley too i feel like that's why he was just such he treated people like shit because he was also in the closet but no i get what you're saying there's literally so many reasons and excuses they could have given her but they didn't well even besides that it's like outside of an excuse for why she was a mean person it's like there are interesting ideas to explore with her mm-hmm. that they had ready to go but they didn't really commit to any of them yeah so it's like she's just kind of a congregation of ideas but they didn't really focus on any one of those things in particular yeah I think you even could have you've talked about this they could have had her like have a secret crush on Maya and like talk about it how she felt insecure about how she felt about Maya and that's why she treated Maya the way she did the self-harm like that was barely even touched upon it just you're right she's almost like an unfinished main character yeah and then they're like with this graduation speech it kind of feels like they're trying to retroactively explain a lot of the things that happened in the earlier seasons by saying like, oh, I thought high school was a competition. So they're like telling us, oh, Zoe thought high school was a competition. So that's why she was so terrible to Maya and to the cheerleaders and stuff. Mm -hmm. But like, that's not the story that was told at the time. They're just kind of retroactively explaining as to that's what happened, even though that's not the story that was told. Yes. Yeah, because there was never a point where she was like, I want to be in charge because it's a competition. She was like, I want people to like me and I want to be popular, which like she kind of mentions like having the hottest boyfriend and like whatever. But like also, I don't think there was a point where she was like, I want to have the hottest boyfriend. Like, I think she just would just date. She just dated men around for fun. Yeah, I could see maybe Drew. Oh, I forgot about Drew. God, that was so long ago. <laughs> like I could see maybe Drew, yeah. but other than that, it's like she was just a bitch because because <laughs> she was because she felt entitled because she was a child star. That's that's really what it was at, to start. It wasn't that she was like hiding her true self. It was that she felt entitled to things because she thought she was hot shit. Yeah. Yep. And then she transitioned to being a nice person because she is gay now, I guess. But the thing is that she wasn't even a good person until Rasha came along. No. So it's like, is she a good person because she met Rasha and Rasha's a good person? Fine, but say it then. Like, she can't take all the credit for it. She's got to be like, and because I met Rasha, who is like the best person ever, and now I'm a good person because I want to be for Rasha. Fine, I'll take that buyout then. But you're absolutely right. I just, they gave her too much and they didn't explore enough of it. I think, I think I mentioned this before. It's like, they try really hard to rehabilitate Zoe's character without addressing any of the terrible things that she's done over the years and without really putting in the work to actually change her as a person in like the same way 
that they did with Holly J, for example. I was just thinking about Holly J and how Holly J's issue is she was like, nobody likes me. And everybody's like, because you're a bitch. And then she kind of just realized, you know what? That's who I am. So deal with it. And then eventually she became someone that you could like, but it was because she stopped being super mean. And she also faced consequences for her meanness. Yes, like with Allie. That's really what I think about that mean one. Yeah. But Zoe never did because Maya never retaliated against her. Like nobody ever retaliated back. And that's the issue. Yeah. I don't know. I I think Zoe is the villain that I just can't, I can't get behind. Esme, 100%. She's fucking nuts. Love her. But like Zoe is just so mean and there's just no redeemable qualities that in order for me to get through seasons three and four, I have to pretend like she did nothing. Right. Because they're trying to act like she's a good person now, but she's not. Yeah. Moral of the story, she's still not a good person. Even if she is experiencing homophobia, you could still be a bad person and experience homophobia, Tristan. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's why Tristan and Zoe are a match made in heaven. Literally, though. So true. Anything else? Fuck Zoe. <laughs> Honestly, I'm glad we got her out of the way in the beginning because I don't know. I loved Rasha. That's the only good thing that came from her. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, to wrap things up, this is our first episode of four that we're planning for seasons three and four. Yes, sir. And then our goal is to record a final end of the year wrap up episode fingers crossed (laughs) (laughs) yes so coming up for the rest of next class three and four is we have frankie shay yael and hunter just to like that whole class pretty much we have miles tristan and lola and sod I'm I'm still undecided as to where Saad should go, whether he should go with Lola. Lola could kind of go anywhere because in season three and four, Lola is kind of ubiquitous. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll figure it out. And then- <laughs> She might even be in both. Like, who knows? We yeah. can do whatever we want. Yeah. So we'll figure that out eventually. And then finally, we have Maya, Grace, Zig, and Esme as our grand finale. Uh, the most iconic. Of course. This- very interesting yes so please look forward to that let us know what you think on twitter instagram thanks for listening and we'll see you soon